Hello, and welcome to TP's Music Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Ford. And I'm Nick Replinger. And you can find us at our website, tpmusictalkpod.wordpress.com. And you can also find us at anchor.fm forward slash tpmusictalkpodcast and other major podcasting platforms by searching for TP's Music Talk Podcast. You can find us on other social media as well, like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and others by searching for TP Music Talk Podcast or for TP Music Talk Pod on Twitter. Just look for our logo. And you can also email us at tpmusictalkpodcast at gmail.com. We also have shared playlists on Apple Music and Spotify that you can check out by searching TP's Music Talk Podcast as well. And don't forget to click the link in the description and leave us a voice message on Anchor. And feel free to leave us a message or a review anywhere you're listening. It really helps us out. And don't forget, donations are always appreciated. You can find a link to donate in the description of any of our episodes. No part of our show can be reproduced without permission or written consent. Hey Ryan, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, man. I'm hanging out with McKay. We're going to take a look at his latest engravings and talk about giveaways for I Engrave stuff. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Especially about those giveaways. And you know, I was on the internet the other day and I saw these ads for these other engraving services. And man, their prices are expensive. Yeah, man. A lot of those other engraving companies will charge you up the wazoo for things. But I've noticed that McKay's company, they have items that are priced very reasonably, making it affordable, especially this year, to get a personalized and really impactful gift. Get your parents something that is heartfelt with your signature, or you can even do a letter in your own handwriting on something. Oh yeah, that's right. And you can even send a scan of your handwriting on a letter, and they can engrave it onto a sign, a bottle, or whatever you can think of. The possibilities are endless with them. Yeah, and right now, if you're in the checkout area, you can type in TP10 in all caps in the promo code box, and you'll get an extra 10% off. A gift from us. Go to iengravestuff.com today. All right. Hello, and welcome back to TP's Music Talk. I'm Ryan Ford, and I also have with me here my co-host, Nick Rupplinger. How's it going? And also the manager of the Vibe Music Studio, Joe Kassler. Um, he was nice enough to come and help us out with the background recording and mixing stuff today, and maybe chime in occasionally when he wants. We also have a special guest today, artist JJ Braves, who we will introduce in just a moment. And before we get started, we wanted to let you know, Josh, that this phone or Zoom call is being recorded, and just make sure that's okay with you, and we have your consent and permission to proceed with this interview. Yeah, no problem. Can you guys hear me okay? Uh, loud and perfect. clear. Yep. Um, so quick introduction, Josh or JJ Braves, uh, who is with, I, I think it's Bolin or Bolin, uh, Bolain Records, is an up yeah, and Bolin. coming, is it Bolin? Yeah, like the Bolin sisters. Oh, perfect. Okay. I, I thought I had said it right, but yeah, I wasn't quite sure. Uh, it, he's an artist, an up and coming alternative indie artist, I would say, uh, with what we would describe as kind of an 80s alternative influence to his music. A at least his songs sonically seem to lean in that direction, in my opinion. And he has released two new singles so far, uh, Jawbreaker and Stardust, and also has featured on a song by the artist Thay Lin called Pieces. And it sounds like there's much more to come. 
And the head of A&R and marketing at Bolin Records, I believe her name is Kai, reached out to us some weeks ago and left us a voice message on Anchor saying they would like to be on an episode of the show. Um, and one thing led to another, and Nick and I now have the amazing opportunity and privilege today to interview Josh or JJ Braves and uh, find out more about his background and upcoming releases, etc. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. Josh or, or JJ Braves, which would you prefer for us to call you today? Josh is fine. It's, it's his, uh, we're all friends here. Already, okay. yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the show here, and we're, we've been listening to your music, and we, we love what you got, and we're excited to have you on the show today. And um, yeah, well, I guess without further ado, we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. So um, I guess we could start off with maybe having you introduce yourself and a little bit about your musical background, and we'll, we'll let you take it from there. Okay. Well, yeah, my name's Josh. I run a project called JJ Braves. I started... JJ Braves about six years ago now, I believe. Um, but I've been recording music since junior high. I think I had my first recording software that I pirated from somewhere. And <laughs> All I right. just had a little computer <laughs> microphone that I dropped into the sound hole of my guitar and realized, hey, I can just play one note at a time or one progression and then stack more notes on top of it, more notes on top of it. And I just got hooked on being able to hear ideas kind of grow and develop just as I was working on them so yeah i um i really wanted to do acting for a long time and i kind of was on that track until high school and then i joined a band and everything kind of changed i really liked working with small teams and feeling like i had more creative control uh doing bands as opposed to theater and i was also doing a lot of choir at the time um, which i really enjoyed and it sort of steered me into the lane that eventually brought me where I am you know none of those bands worked out of course and uh, <laughs> so I ended up um, a handful of years after like my the band that I felt like I really had a shot with that was like kind of coming right out of high school and things went south and then a bunch of life happened and a couple years later I ended up getting a job at my church which I no longer attend um, as the lead sound engineer there. And I had access to a great studio that they had built at the church, uh, a lot of pro gear, and um, like a lot of uh, freedom to mess around with all the audio toys and the software and stuff that they had there. So I kind of tried to really hone my craft there. And I think my motto to myself was always, when music is good enough, then it'll go somewhere. I had really high qualities for production, or um, not qualities, high expectations of myself for production quality. And I just knew I really wasn't hitting it. And I felt like creatively, I was still trying to find my own lane um, working in the church. I also did a lot of worship leading. So I was on the stage. And then I even had the opportunity to produce my first record for the church, which I helped write a lot of the songs or wrote some of them myself. But it became really challenging because I was always playing, for the most part, playing other people's music for the purpose of church services. And so there was, you know, kind of do's and don'ts as far as writing uh, my own material for the church, you know, and I, I felt and I explained this to, you know, like my boss and a couple people on occasion that it was really creatively difficult for me to stay in that lane because there was stuff that I wanted to do that really didn't fit the function of the music, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I tried to take advantage of all of the resources I had and continue to sort of hone my own music. And, and it wasn't until I think near the end of my time there that I started JJ Braves. My skills as a producer had gone way up. I got really fluent in Logic Pro and Ableton Live, um, programming synthesizers and drums. And, you know, it was good enough for, for me to be able to have the privilege of producing a record for them. Like they put me on the project for like 11 weeks and that was my whole uh, good chunk of my summer, honestly. And that's um, awesome. Yeah. And, and so toward the end of my time there, I really knew that that wasn't going to be my future was working in, you know, in churches and writing worship music. It just, it was like a really, really close. It was really close to what I wanted to be doing full time doing for a living. And, you know, I had all these great people around me access to these great resources, but it just, it was just not quite there. It was almost my dream job, but you know, there was just a couple things that I felt were holding me back kind of. Sure. So yeah. I went back into the studio one day and I can't remember if I had planned this out beforehand. I think I kind of did. I knew what I needed to do, but I went into the studio on one of my off hours and I just told myself that I was going to start a project where I wasn't going to let anybody else in on what I was making, at least for the beginning part of it because I had tried a lot of collabs uh, leading up to this and they always kind of ended up crashing and burning like most of the bands that I started. I've, I've started a lot of bands and let a lot of people down, unfortunately, because I really wanted to do something. I talked people into it and they were on board for the project and then I'd have like a mental breakdown or something. And well, you know, it, it takes trial and error sometimes, you know? So. Yeah, it really did. And I think I had the habit of getting myself stuck and then pulling other people in to try and help me get through what I was stuck with regarding either recording or writing. And then the project would kind of drift out of my hands. And at that point I started to feel like, you know, okay, either I try to take this whole project back from all of these people who've been really cool and supportive, or I just shut the whole thing down. And my, my natural instinct was always just shut it down. Like this isn't going the direction you want to go. So yeah. I went back into the studio and I told myself, I'm going to start something and I'm going to use everything that I learned to create my own material. I want to write it. I want to record it, mix it and master it and release it on my own just to prove to myself that I could. And that's a big undertaking. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Though. Yeah. It was really a neat moment because I, I managed to kind of clear my mind of expectations for what my, I'll use the word, real music sounded like or would sound like. Like if I didn't have any kind of sound in my head already um, and no function for the music other than to serve my creative purposes and discover what I could do on my own. So it actually, I came up with the name JJ Braves first, just in the same session. And it was just me messing around with different ideas of names, just not saying no to anything and letting my creativity just kind of evolve and go where it wanted to go. And um, yeah, so I ended up with the name JJ Braves. I pulled up a blank Ableton Live session and just started creating. I just started 
laying stuff down, programming sounds. And it kind of started to turn into this like disco tune thing. And I just went like, really, is this, is this what I'm really about? Like I'm not even <laughs> like disco music and beats and stuff, but you know, I rolled with it and I continued to work with it. And then eventually I pulled up some fat sounding synth bass preset on one of the, the programs I was using and it just clicked. Like everything just made sense all of a sudden. I said, okay, it's these big synth sounds. It's over the top. It's. Well, yeah, it's, your, your music that we've listened to is definitely very like grandiose and, and very uh, like not, not orchestral, but just, it really pulls you in. It's, it's big and all encompassing, you know? Yeah. Um, it's synth heavy. You know, I was listening to it and on my car on the, on the way to work the other day. And it was like, wow, it's very different listening from, from my phone or from my computer. But when I have a, bigger sound system you know it definitely it encaptures you know everything around you and it's 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 very big it's very powerful thank you yeah that's a, that's one of the greatest compliments i think you could give me so thank you very very much for that <laughs> um it's i mean it's been a long long process like i said it was a number of years ago that i came up with this initial concept and i did it i you know i wrote released the whole thing myself and looking back at it, I can hardly listen to the song because it's just, <laughs> it was, it was clearly for me, my first shot at doing something, I don't know, on my own and, and really trying to push the, the quality toward like, you know, radio quality. I, I wanted to get there, but listening back to that song now is really difficult for me. I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. And, and um, is this Stardust you're referring to or, uh, is this another song? No, this is another song. It's actually on my SoundCloud. I highly recommend nobody go listen to it. Oh, oh the, wow. Sound the alarm. But hey. yeah, it's up. And, uh, you know, from there, I, I did a couple more projects with that same attitude. And, you know, then I had like two originals and then a cover that I had done, which was a cover of I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Oh, no oh, way. Okay. Yeah, and it's awesome. it's up on my SoundCloud too. That one I think is worth the listen because I really really dug deep into like you know making the song my own kind of thing. Lots of synths, and I was still kind of coming out of like my hey maybe I'll be an EDM producer phase because I like had the software and the computers, and I I realized you know the people who make good EDM are obsessed with EDM and that wasn't my lane you know so as hard as I was trying to make like these bumping dance tunes it um it just became apparent to me that I wasn't going to be super successful at that because as much as I love electronic music I've never been I've never like actually been to a festival period but I've never been to like into experiencing electronic music and hearing it done at a high level so yeah, it's, that that track is kind of fun if you want to check it out on yeah, SoundCloud. Um, yeah, SoundCloud, Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is cover, uh, JJ Braves, yeah. check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one I'm proud of. That one I feel like I really pushed my limits. And I actually released a music video for that too that I um, took the same philosophy and I just, I, I had my ex shoot me just in a room with one key light to like cast some heavy shadow, shot it on a, a like an iPod touch and then threw everything into iMovie and downloaded every stock clip that I could from a website and kind of made this green screen overlay wow. music video for it. So that's up on YouTube if you want to check that out. I'm actually I'm actually pretty proud of that one because it was like I felt like I'd really pushed the limits between 
the first song that I did and doing this cover production wise I felt like I did a I did a really good job on that but it wasn't well I, I think one of the most important things about that process and that project was that I have a tendency to write really slowly like I put all of my energy into one track and this was definitely the case for those tracks to where I need a long time to recharge you know my my creative energy after I make something and I've kind of maintained that that process over the last couple of years but since I signed with Bolin I've really pushed myself to speed up and have been working on a lot of additional songs since since before Jawbreaker came out, actually, I've been working, I've been in the studio like nonstop since December until now. Yeah, I've heard you're sitting on a lot, um, you, you know, got a lot of upcoming projects and things to, to talk about. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get into it some more with you. Um, so is this going to be a full-length album that you're going to be releasing or an EP or? Uh, I think that that remains to be determined. I, um... I kind of getting a little off track here, but one thing I, I wanted to talk about and wanted to know if you guys can relate to is just burnout, like oh. <laughs> burnout on yes. your passions, you know, like you hit that point and you're like, God, I love what I'm doing, but I have put so much into this. I just feel like I have nothing to give right now. And as hard as I'm trying, it's just stressing me out more and more. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely get that and all that whole burnout. You know, I'm, I'm part of a band called, called Blix 10 and, you know, we released a, an EP album and then we, you know, we, we released that, you know, got decent reception and then we we're like, okay, we've done a few shows with this and now we want to do a full length album and we got really close to finishing it, but then COVID hit and just boom, right before we were going to have our release concert for that full length album, everything got shut down. We weren't able to release geez. it. And we have yeah. not been able to get the whole band together since then, since um, oh, man. You know, 20, or, you know, 2019, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Well, and on the podcast side of things, too, like, you know, with COVID and, you know, just life happens, you know, uh, like I've moved recently and, you know, my my wife had a baby recently. Uh, oh, so, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. That. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's four months now and he's. He's amazing. He's a little bit of a handful sometimes, but he's the best baby ever. Yeah, so, but I can totally, I, I think both Nick and I can totally relate to you as far as burnout. And uh, I mean, what what we typically do is, you know, we just, I don't know, we're kind of perfectionists when it comes to the podcast thing, I feel like. We, we like to mm -hmm. try our best to get it right. Obviously, we never get it exactly right, but, you know, we do our best to get it as perfect as we can. And if it takes a while to get something out, you know, we... We realize that can kind of be a bummer for our listeners sometimes, but we'd rather take mm -hmm. extra time and get an episode out there that we are happy with, you know, that we're mm -hmm. more, more proud of rather than just, you know, put something out just for the sake of putting something out. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I bring it up because that actually happened to me this past week. Like I had a vocal tracking session Monday evening, like late, late Monday night. And I had been trying to write verse lyrics for this new song uh, that I'm really stoked about. I'm not sure yet if it'll be a single or if it'll go onto an album or an EP or what, but I just, I just was tapped from creating all the music for this song. Cause that's how I do almost everything I create is I, I make all of the music first and then I end up adding lyrics to it. Like maybe I'll have like a chorus 
like lyric and melody or something like that that I build around. But a lot of the times I just open up a blank session and start creating based off of like a, a concept. Like for this this uh, this song I'm talking about, it's uh, for the for the bridge part. I really knew that I wanted to do a combination of the Pretender by Foo Fighters and yeah. um, this breakdown one. in Nero Forte by Slipknot. Oh, and, interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it, that was like a huge part of the puzzle too. I was really struggling to figure out the bridge and now it's my favorite part. But um, I had a concept of, hey, what if I took these two ideas and mashed them together and I just started recording and programming and stuff like that. And it ended up becoming a really, really neat section of the song. So I, I go into songs a lot of times kind of wanting a vibe or maybe having a specific song that I kind of want to do my own version of. And I really never will pull up that song and hear how it actually goes. I'll kind of let my memory of the song and the, maybe the way it made me feel determine how I execute it in my own style. So, Well, and, and that's actually one of the questions we had for you. I was going to ask you, you know, how you go about writing your lyrics and do you write the lyrics first or, or work on the instrumental side of things first? And it sounds like you definitely kind of start with maybe the instrumental side of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I started my first song uh, back at the church, which I mentioned. Um, it was just a blank session and I started creating music with no words or, or any concept in mind of what it was going to be about. And I think that that's really where I have the most fun at this point is coming up with new ideas and just starting to create the music because there's, there's just something really magic that happens when you take a feeling or a moment and you manage to turn it into art like you get yeah. to make it real so that people can experience it because I have so much fun recording and coming up with ideas you know when it's when it's shareable there's just well and I, I don't know I, I love how you mentioned that you you know sometimes will go in trying to create a certain vibe or or you mm -hmm. know you have an idea that sparks you or, or like a feeling and, you know, you don't always worry about, like, the specifics that you were thinking of beforehand, but you just try and reach that same place, mm -hmm. uh, maybe emotionally or something. I, I feel mm -hmm. like that can be really powerful when, uh, you know, creating music. And what music do you normally listen to, like, in your spare time? I really don't hang out and listen to music, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the radio in my car doesn't work anymore. Um, so I'm usually just listening to YouTubers or ambient sound or whatever is on the overhead speakers at the grocery store. But yeah. I feel like I'm, I kind of live in a world of music in my head. So I don't find too often that I'm like, oh, I really want to listen to this song because I'm really preoccupied with, oh, I really want to hear my song realized. And that's kind of, I mean, it sounds terrible but it's like i would rather listen to what i'm i'm making than to what somebody else has made because i think it's really easy for me to fall down that comparison rabbit hole yes. where i'm creating something original but i know that somebody's doing it better so i know that my um my influences and my standards are really high like i for for recording like i really love the way Third Eye Blind puts their records together, but I haven't listened to them in years. Incredible and bands. Same kind of incredible bands, great writers. Um, haven't I watched some of their performances on like talk shows and stuff, and it was kind of kind of disappointing to see that they didn't pull it off so well. But it, you know, it oh, just really? 
Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, it just, I think that they bought their own or built their own studio after the success of their first record. So to me, it just kind of seems like they're a band that just really thrives in the studio. You know, they're great at recording. Steven Jenkins is an amazing songwriter. And as a band, they're just really tight. But then, you know, and I, and I feel like I can relate to this. And I hope, you know, this isn't like offensive to them if they would ever hear this or anything. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that'd mean, be awesome uh, if they listened. But yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Third Eye Blind, yeah. please look us up. Yes, yes. I, uh, I really felt that most of my time, as far as my music, I'll use the word very loosely, career, has been in the studio. I did it kind of backwards from, I think, a lot of the people I know where they cut their teeth on live performance, but I really spent years and years and years just doing home recordings without getting the opportunity to take a lot of that music out into the world. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I felt like that was, that thought struck me later that I can relate to the idea of feeling like a studio band instead of a live band. And again, I hope that this doesn't reach their ears because that seems really offensive. <laughs> well, um, they, they seem like, but I do want them to listen to the podcast though. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem like pretty down to earth people. I, I, hopefully they would, uh, you know, they'd be just fine. They, well, they wouldn't sure. take it offensively. Every artist has their strengths and their, and their weaknesses. But yeah. But since you say, you know, you don't listen to a lot of other music other than your own right now, where do you draw influences to, to write your music that you're working on now? I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I, it's like it's like my memory of a song is what will drive it. Like I grew up just I was born in 87, so I grew up in the 90s, but it was like after, you know, Van Halen and Queen and Def Leppard had already kind of had their their heyday, like the times when they sort of ruled the world with that style of music. Mm -hmm, so yeah. I grew up looking back on those through CDs my dad owned or the most influential <laughs> media that I probably consumed as a kid that had an impact on me now was Queen live at Wembley Stadium in 1986. Oh, gosh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched that Incredible. DVD so many times and I just, that sense of, you mentioned earlier, it, things sounding grandiose. I think that that's really largely where it came from was that DVD and then that music got me into other bands from that era. I wouldn't say that I became a really huge fan, but it was locked in my subconscious. So the answer to your question is like, it's my memories of these songs and the memories of the way that these songs made me feel or these performances made me feel that I think I draw from. So it's it's never really like, uh, <laughs> a lot of times in my, in my view, it's like, oh, I kind of just want to rip these guys off a little bit and just steal that idea and <laughs> maybe tweak it a little and maybe make it my own. And then sure. by the time I get done with the song, it really is its own thing. You know, it's, it's influenced by my subconscious, I guess. And, um, you know, and, and that's happened more recently too over the course of the last couple of years because I've hung out with a lot of people who I just feel have really good taste in music. So they've turned me on to groups like uh, Parcels and Jungle. I, I haven't I heard of Parcels. I, I think I've heard of Jungle, but uh, definitely Bruh. wouldn't be an expert in, uh, in the Parcels other. made me want to quit music. I just was like, these guys are just too good. <laughs> They're too good. You got to look them up. You got to look them up. Yeah, yeah, all out. Souls. Yeah. And um, somebody made a Jamiroquai reference to my music too. I'm not sure if that was you or it was another. I, 
another, yeah, I, uh, I don't think that would have been been me, but I, I definitely yeah. saw, and it's funny that you mentioned Foreigner earlier, and, and maybe we kind of mm-hmm. talked about this before, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when we talked on the phone in the past, but um, I definitely thought, you know, when I first listened to your music that you sounded similar to like Foreigner or Journey, you know, some of those like iconic kind of 80s bands or, or even mm-hmm. like... Uh, yeah, so I, when you say that you kind of grew up on that music and and that's what you use to maybe help create your own through your memories of it, that makes a lot of sense. I and I think you yeah. pull it off. So thank you. I think um, another. I, I'm I'm not sure if I mentioned them earlier because I'm a little scatterbrained. But uh, Mogwai is and was a huge huge influence for me. And again, I haven't listened to anything that they've released in a couple years, but their idea of layers on layers on layers of sound that all work together in harmony to create a single piece of music where all of the instruments are working together to produce a sound that's very in sync, even though it's loud, it's like controlled chaos kind of with them. And I went to a, a one Mogwai concert I don't go to concerts a lot, but I went to one and it was so loud that I started to hallucinate, like <laughs> actually go wow. crazy. And that was super, super cool. Cause I left there just feeling like, wow, music can really, it can take like, you places. Yeah. It could take you places and it can like, yeah, like I didn't expect to have that experience, but it also made me just go like, dude, I want to play that loud. I want to be like, <laughs> I want to be up there just making all kinds of noise, but having it all work in concert together. So, you know, going back to the writing process, I think that's one of the reasons why I have so much fun making the music before I get to the lyrics, because I'm working on stacking instruments together to create new sounds. Like the way I see it is when you put like a guitar line and then a synth line and they're playing the same thing or maybe they're harmonizing with each other mm-hmm. you don't end up with just a guitar and and a synth you end up with a whole new sound that's yes. a combination yeah. of the two things you know what i mean you're creating almost like a new instrument because the textures and the way that they interact with each other are creating you know what what's become my sound it's it's big guitars with synths layered in with it and the guitar thing was something that I really didn't have a handle on until a couple years ago when I realized, what was it? There's a band called Disperse. They're a Greek band, I believe, and they released this record called Forward. And it was it's kind of like a prog metal sort of thing. Um, I'm learning so much today. I, yeah, I haven't heard of these bands, but I'm, yeah. I'm looking them all up right now. <laughs> Bro, Disperse. Yeah, listen to Forward. The, the song that got me hooked on them was called Bubbles. Um, I think it's the third song on the album. I'm, I'm looking and at it And it just right turned now. up on a... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, dude, like this whole... That, that whole project, I, I listened to it and I got so into it and I remembered and I realized I was so about electric guitars like in high school and coming out of high school. I loved the sound and up to that point because as i mentioned about being really into electronic music and learning how to program and use synths and stuff yeah um i really didn't do a lot of guitar work and large part of that was because in working for the church i was primarily a keyboard player there which i never was really a huge fan of but it is my first instrument and so i i mostly worked with synths and piano sounds you know combined with synths uh, That's a but, good start, though. I, I mean, I feel like people who, you know, start by, you know, learning keyboard or piano, I, I mean, yeah. it, other instruments seem to come very naturally to them. 
yeah i mean i i i feel i feel like that i think i i i learned piano and took lessons up to you know through the beginning of middle school or something and then i was just like dude i want to write songs like i don't need to be practicing my scales and stuff i i know what i want to do when i sit at the piano and it's definitely not go through my lesson plan it's like i'd rather be spending that time creating new music yeah um but and so in 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 that environment and working you know with the church and then the whole the whole edm thing i had really not messed around with guitars or realized how much I loved the sound of big distorted guitars because a lot of the guitar work in you know CCM which is uh, contemporary Christian music is um, the guitars are really washed out with a lot of reverb you know the music is very ethereal meant to evoke a sense of the spiritual and sure yeah you know, kind of bring something up deep inside you but there's not a lot of room for like loud like seven string or drop d like breakdowns <laughs> or anything like yeah. that you know like <laughs> right there's a scene for that there's like the christian metal scene it's there but it doesn't it's not as big yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and it definitely did not belong at the sunday morning services for the church i worked at the, uh, <laughs> or, you know, or probably most just, churches honestly but yeah you know yeah and there's like a couple you know big ccm bands that kind of rule the world or at least last time i checked which wasn't recent but uh it's it's a very specific very dialed sound so you know i started to move away from that while i was you know getting more producing chops and then i listened to that disperse record and something just i remembered and i felt like i needed to go back musically to where i left off really trying to push my career as a singer and as a, a musician and content creator um, and that for me kind of was when i was about 17 or 18 i got kind of derailed for a number of years so it kind and of kicked you back into gear and yeah, inspired you it, it, yeah, it, it made me, it brought me closer to my true influences. And so I recorded a song called Space Grenade, which got taken down from streaming services, but that's also now up on my SoundCloud. And then I did another release called Sports and another release called Mavericks. And those all began to show the signs of the, that really heavy guitar influence, which is finding its way into the material I'm working on now. In yeah. fact, my partner, Joey, she lives out in Koreatown and she was commenting on how my music is just getting a lot heavier like like <laughs> chunkier meatier beefier and i'm really enjoying the process because i feel like it's very cathartic for me after not you know being able to express like my metalcore influences from from high school or like my emo core days you know or, or eyeliner yeah. and all that well and, if, and if you're used to layering on you know uh layering layering your songs and your your sonicscapes you know i feel like that's that's the type of music to do it with. You know, you can create some very, uh, very heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to keep it fun and really like it sounds kind of samey to me until I pull up the synth patches and I start layering them. And then suddenly my sound appears. It's just, I guess I've got a sort of a method at this point. So a lot of times my songs start with like a synth lead or a synth pad or something like that. And I build from there, but it's not until you have the guitars and the synths together. And then the finishing touch is putting my vocals on it, which I feel ties everything together. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of sounds like yeah. a nine inch nails approach. I, I like it. I, th I think that's really oh, cool. Is that, is that what nine inch nails does? 
Well, I, I know that he uses, uh, Trent Reznor uses a lot of synths and then usually tries mm-hmm. to layer it with other sounds, like e- even very organic sounds, like uh, the squeaking of a straw when you're... You yeah, know, yeah, very old. industrial type type sounds. I- exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And and yeah. so he, uh, it, it just sounds kind of similar to what you're describing and he's an amazing artist and, you know, I, I find that I'm doing that constantly with you is just kind of, uh, you know, you say like, oh, I, I create music like this or, my, you know, I, I listen to your music and, and, and I'm just reminded of all these big time artists and bands and it's mm. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'd love to take this sound big time. It's uh, I certainly have committed myself to it, especially since signing with Bolin and just threw all my eggs in one basket and said, here we go. Yeah. Um, and, and so like... But, uh, Sorry, do you feel like your creative processes are kind of similar to other musicians and artists, or is there anything kind of unique that you think you do that maybe no one else does? I don't know. I mean, people's processes are so varied. I feel like I usually run into people who write their lyrics first and then write the music to match, but that's not exclusively the case. You know, I, I played in a band called Gold Shimmer. I think I left that band last year maybe a little less than a year ago. Yeah. I really don't remember. Um, but I was helping, yeah, it's two words, Gold Shimmer. Uh, the the visionary behind the project, his name is uh, JD. And I worked with him, you know, with the band for about a year, just doing producing, co-writing some stuff. He was really the, the brains behind the project. And his talent is just insane. Like the amount of music that he could crank out over the course of an afternoon was absurd. I just... <laughs> mind boggled especially huh? since I, I work slow he's just got so much creative energy so working with him you know his approach is he would kind of come up with beats and stuff first or you know a sort of a chorus section or something but he would simultaneously write his lyrics and his music and that always really impressed me because it just showed me how much energy he had inside of him and, you know it was really really cool to make make music with him and I ultimately parted ways with the band because I really wanted to focus on what I was doing I I, you know I tend to give myself in a hundred percent when I join something or tell somebody I'm going to do something I go all the way in and I don't leave a lot of room for myself and I, I realized I was getting to that point where like I was experiencing this burnout and I knew the only answer to it was to turn my attention toward what I was going to create. So that was a really pivotal moment. But yeah, working with him was fantastic. It was really cool to just watch him fly through, you know, Logic Pro sessions. And then eventually he learned Ableton and was uh, just making incredible music. But, you know, my, my friend group is small. The The people that I hang out with are, are mostly musicians. And, you know, so and I just feel like everybody just kind of does what works for for themselves and like i was saying earlier like that process where you take something out of your head and manifest your music is just magic and there's no right way to do that it's really just yeah, you gotta in your find your niche so to speak yeah you gotta find your method you have to um yeah and then i you know ultimately through that you need to find your own sound your own vision for what you're trying to create and i think that DIY is really the name of the game and has been for a while now, especially during COVID. Oh my God. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody had to do DIY. You know, it was like there's really no other 
no other option because you couldn't go out to studios or go out to shows or network or anything like that. Yeah. So that was one of like the upsides of, of COVID. And I really tried to take advantage of that too, which wasn't a huge change for me because I was already in the studio by myself or with one or two other people every day. So it didn't really slow my progress that much, but yeah, that was one of my questions. We, we were going to ask you, you know, how you and your team were affected by it and, and hate to bring up COVID at all because, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just one of those words, those trigger words. But kind of taboo mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it sounds like you did okay and, and you got through it fairly unscathed. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did get sick once. I got I got COVID once. It was not fun for the first two days and then the rest of it was kind of just like getting over a bad cold. And I'm thankful that it wasn't wasn't worse. It was kind of the same as the symptoms I got when I got like my second shot. I had fevers for like two days and then uh, wasn't yeah, too bad yeah. after that. Same. Did either of you guys catch it? Yeah, I got COVID earlier this year, although I had already been vaccinated when I got COVID. So to me, yeah. my whole experience, it was like very mild cold. I honestly think I've had flus and, and, and colds that much worse than COVID in, in my personal yeah. experience. Yeah, and oh, that's I, good. Yeah, I I was one of the lucky ones that I mean I'm sure I got it at some point, but I think that um, I was asymptomatic through it and it didn't really. But I've I've heard horror stories and and I have friends mm-hmm. that it really they they took a beating you know or it uh, mm-hmm. they still can't taste or smell and it, it's just mm-hmm. crazy how many weird symptoms and side effects there are to that illness. So yeah, yeah, I feel like out in the city you know, people were really feeling it because there's just a lot more people there. But I, I know people have lost, you know, people to COVID. And fortunately, I haven't had anybody that's been too, it hasn't had too much of an effect on their health. But um, yeah, it's a big deal. And it was definitely worth taking seriously. It still is. Uh, but I kind of feel like the silver lining it, for artists anyway, is it really forces everyone to make stuff on their own and and even on a broader scale like aside from artists and musicians i feel like it just really um, helped a lot of people look at their lives and what they were doing and say is this really what i want from my life like am i friends with the people that i want to be friends with am i pursuing the career that i want to is there something inside me that you know i just haven't addressed because my attitude toward COVID was like, I could die from this. I, I have no idea. Like right. people close to me could die. And you know, it, it just was it for me, it just reinforced that I was doing the right thing. But I know a handful of friends that I do have that I think really that, that opportunity came to them where it was, you know, a good chance to just turn their life in a different direction and go pursue what they're really passionate about. So I, I think that that's one, one upside of, of what you know COVID has been and, and continues to be yeah that's but a yeah, really I positive think... aspect to bring up like it you know most people when they talk about COVID it's all negative but you know you bring up a great point in that people were it was kind of a make or break moment and they either chose to pursue what they were doing even harder or they found their real passion so yeah yeah, I have a friend who broke off his engagement um, once COVID hit. He just realized he wasn't, didn't want to be with this person. And wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it's it was crazy, but uh, yeah, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about. Absolutely, yeah. 
And, and um, th- sorry, I'm kind of uh, coming out of left field here. This is g- taking it off the rails maybe, but um, one of the I've questions- been in left field this whole time, so it's all good. <laughs> no, you're good, man. And, and so one of the questions that I've, I've been wanting to ask is, uh, it, like, is there a particular artist that you look up to or admire? I, I know you've talked about a few already, but, you know, is there, like, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite artist or? Um, I, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, question. if I had to, if I had to say anything, it'd probably be Queen. Um, Love uh, it. But like I said, I don't even really listen to them that much anymore. But I'm sitting at my desktop and I have this amazing black and white photo of them playing, which I see every time I boot up my computer. And it just reminds me that being theatrical, being over the top, especially vocally, not being afraid to go to certain places where it's like out of genre or maybe even out of style. I feel like something I learned from Michael Jackson is that it doesn't, you can sell if you can sell what you're singing, then it works. And, and I think that that just comes from really talented vocalists. You can jump around styles, you can you know, write about different things. And, and, and I think Freddie Mercury does the th- same thing as Michael does where whatever he sings, he sells it. And because he's selling it, the song works, even if it's uh, something different than unique. what, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, like something different than what you're known for releasing because they just released all kinds of all kinds of music over the years and uh those are perfect yeah, so examples I, yeah <laughs> i would say yeah so i i you know i think that yeah i'd say queen that was probably the first band that i would have told people was my favorite third eye blind i think still remains like my top three or top five even though i haven't listened to them in years i haven't kept up with their records or anything but the influence that they had on me i found like a cd binder on the ground when i was in the seventh grade and it had all these cds in it and uh the third eye blind self-titled was in there and i just i listened to that cd so many times there were so many hits on there that also makes me think of matchbox 20 they they wrote that record uh, <laughs> I, what was I, the I'm, name of that record it had like all of these radio hits on it there was like five singles that went to radio on that record like uh, uh bent and uh Oh, I'm trying to think of others. It, I, sorry, I was laughing because um, we almost put a Matchbox 20 song on your the playlist that we made. And, and I guess oh, is that right? maybe I should plug that playlist really quick. We, we just made a playlist yeah. called uh, Alternative Spaces featuring J.J. Braves. And we tried to find songs that, uh, you know, complemented his and, and just kind of cr- try to create a vibe. It definitely leaned in the 80s alternative genre direction and Anyway, if you like alternative music, go check it out and definitely check out JJ Brave's songs on there. You know, Stardust, Pieces, and Jawbreaker. Yeah, thank you so much for the playlist ad, by the way. I really love seeing all these other artists because it can be really hard for me to hear my music from the outside and wonder. I find myself wondering all the time, what do people think I sound like? Because, you know, I, I draw all these influences and they go into what I make. And then I want to be like, oh, I'm really inspired by Queen. But then I worry that you put the song on and it's like, well, this doesn't sound anything like Queen. And, and I'm thinking, <laughs> well, it was more about the spirit behind it or this one particular guitar riff or something like that. But... Yeah, I'm looking at that Matchbox 20 record right now. Actually, there were five. This is in 96 it released. Yourself or someone like you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that that just that 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 um that record is just full of really influential songs too. I remember being very very into uh, what they were making. I remember Goo Goo Dolls was on the radio kind of around that same time, and they had those couple songs that really resonated with me. 
Um, yeah. Oh, one one artist I definitely have to bring up is uh, Lauren Hill. I I bought. I think it was maybe the first CD I ever bought was Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I had no idea who she was or what it was going to be like, but I bought that record and I still love making beats. And some of the stuff I'm working on right now is really like, it starts with a beat or something, maybe a little more like hip hop or groove oriented, but then it kind of breaks into more of my like rock synth sound at some point. But the lyrics on that record, the the musicality, the vocal performances, oh my God. Like, oh yeah, classic, classic records. Just unbelievable talent and purity of vision, I felt like. Um, so yeah, I, I needed, to, needed to bring up that record for sure. Um, yeah, reminds me of like, I don't know, I, I think of that in the same vein as like when I think of um, Illmatic by Nas, like it's just one of those records that's timeless and and just did it, it pushed so many things, you know. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Nas and like hip hop and stuff, but Illmatic I'm really is not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Illmatic uh, is is one of those like just really classic hip hop records. I feel like you, you know if you're gonna try and get into hip hop, that's one that you wanna check out because it's got like those compound rhyme schemes and and amazing beats and and it just tries new things for the time, you know? Anyway, okay. sorry, I don't want to get off the beaten path here. Um, no, dude, I, that's where I like to live, bro. Go go where, <laughs> go where you didn't expect. I, um, I, uh, I got that yeah. record pulled up right now. I will actually go and listen to this. 98% people like this album. I guess you're not lying. It's, it's a good one, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't think you could go wrong if you are uh, interested in hip-hop there and but anyway, I, I did want to also ask you if I could just break down some of your lyrics here really quick off of yeah. Stardust, because um, I thought they were so interesting. Um, it, it's just that first, uh, it, well, it says, I was a ghost moving quiet as a shadow. I was lost, but I had no need to be found. I danced alone to the sound of darkness singing. I, I'm sorry if I get any of this wrong. Um, oh, you got it. And, and after, oh, a trillion years or so, I felt a step beat to rhythm, uh, some kind of secret code shaking my jelly bones. Now I'm human. Yeah. Like, that yep. just was so cool. <laughs> I, the lyric is, uh, I felt after oh, a trillion years or so, I felt a steady dual rhythm. And that was kind of my, like, overly poetic way of saying I felt a heartbeat, like the bump, 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 bump. Oh, okay. And, it. Um, rhythm. Yeah, and then like the jelly bones thing is like literally being a fetus and like your bones are forming and so the um, yeah I'm, I really appreciate the the insight that you have in that song because it was a jawbreaker. I really knew that I needed to come out swinging and just get something that was really gonna work, kind of just catch people's ears right off the bat. But Stardust was a great opportunity for me to get deeper, I think, and explore a topic that I was hoping people would, um, you know, relate to and and get them to think a little bit. Because I one thing that I'm very aware of as I'm creating music is that I, I don't ever want to get put in that box of being one note. Like, oh, he's the guy that writes like these rock, party songs or I have a lot of different styles and influences in me that I want to get out both musically and lyrically. So you don't want to, it kind of want to be stereotyped into one specific genre. Like exactly how everyone associates yeah. maybe like Ed Sheeran with just soft, um, you know, get 
acoustic guitar ballads. Yeah. Yeah. When I know that Sheeran is so, like has co-written and played like so much more than that, but yeah, yes. but, but that when everyone thinks about Sheeran, that's what where they go to automatically, right? Or, or right, Tom Cruise yeah. and doing action movies. I, I mean, it doesn't just have to be to be music. Yeah, there's yeah. Like, people get kind of stuck in a. Dude, yeah. Tom Cruise is so crazy, man. I was thinking of yesterday. Just like I haven't seen Maverick yet. Have you guys seen it? Top I have. Yeah, I, I it really blew me away. I, I took my dad for his birthday because you know Top Gun was his favorite movie forever and. And oh, that's it cool. blew his expectations too. Like it, it was really, really well done. And I think the first Top Gun movie was one that was meant, you know, for that generation back in 1986. But this one, it captures the audience of 1986 and today, today's audience as well. I think it, it, it does well with nostalgia and bringing forth the the present as well. I'm that's excited. really cool. I feel like that's kind of one of my goals with my music is to take take what I feel like the great ones have done before and put my own spin on it and then it somehow manages to be authentic so i'm I, yeah i've heard great things about that movie and tom cruise i was just thinking of that scene in the one in mission impossible where he's on the side of the plane oh yeah mm-hmm. i'm like bro like a little fleck of like dirt or a little tiny anything could have flown into that guy's eye or like hit him in the forehead he would have been done bro like yeah. he's literally holding on to the side of a plane that's nuts but I, the thing I appreciate about him, and I'm getting way off track, You're is that he got good. to a point where he was like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I will pay for it myself if I have to. And this time around, I want to fly fighter jets. <laughs> you <laughs> he know, got the licenses. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he does what he wants and, you know, whatever his personal personality beliefs, whatever. I don't know anything about that other than that they're somewhat controversial, I guess, or were in the past. I don't know. But I really admire the fact that he's like, I really want to do this thing that sounds super, super fun to me. So he pays for it and he makes a movie out of it and he goes and does it. Like that's kind of the same. It's kind of a DIY thing. Like, you know, you're not taking direction from a big studio or anybody telling you what you can or can't do. He's like, no, this is my show. Like if I want to fly a fighter jet, I'm gonna fly a fighter jet. Like, Let's yeah. go fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and on the subject of like DIY stuff, it, it just something I was thinking about when when you were talking about it earlier. Like it, you know, people like Tom Cruise or or it sounds like like yourself put their all into what they do, and mm. but you also I I feel like you also have to take time away for yourself. Like if you can't take mm-hmm. care of yourself first and mm-hmm. and uh, really build yourself up before going and doing those things you know, you can mm-hmm. get that burnout. And, and it, I, mm-hmm. I struggle with that myself. I, I feel like DIYers, that's kind of their, it, mm-hmm. it's their crutch as well as their strength, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you determine your own schedule, really the, you know, the deadlines that you set and the pressure that you feel to produce your, your own project. It's all self-imposed, you know, nobody's making you do it. And I think it, can be really important as a creator to recognize that when you are starting to hit the wall and go, you know what, like I'm feeling stressed out because I'm the one who said the way this was going to go. I said I was going to put this out by this date or I, you know, told people I was going to accomplish this and this and this and this, but really nobody's expecting me to follow through with those things. They're just like, all right, Josh, like, yeah, go for it, dude. Sounds cool. (laughs) And, uh, you know, then you get into the process and just like this last week for me, I just hit the wall and I had to, you know, 
text a handful of people. I had to text my, my engineer and the guy who mixes and masters my stuff, you know, Hey dude, I'm really sorry to cancel last minute. I just, my head's in a bad space and everybody's always just like, dude, that's totally cool, man. Let's not do this until you're ready until you feel like you're confident in it, that it's everything that you want it to be and nothing it's not rather than try to get it out on a date that I ultimately am responsible for trying to keep. But yeah, like DIY creators, I mean, we, we push ourselves because we're passionate about what we do, right? Like we, we hold ourselves to very high standards. And the, the funny thing is, is it's like no one else holds themselves to as high standards hey, you're, as we you're do. You're your own worst critic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And criticism is super necessary, honestly. Um, like, I don't know how much the label sends me all the really cool stuff and the positive reviews and stuff. I'm not sure if they're like just not sending me bad stuff because they don't want to hurt my feelings or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's been really cool to hear that people, that that it's working, that the hard work is paying off and that I kind of forgot where I was going. Well, I'm no, I, I mean, I agree. And I, I do also think like, yeah, I, I wish more people would get, give us their honest opinion on, on things sometimes when it comes to like the podcast and stuff. Like I, I mm-hmm. think constructive criticism is is so important. Like you need, and not just your own criticism, but you need opinions from other people because that's the only way you can improve. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes that criticism can come from yourself by looking at something somebody else is doing like, again, I'm looking at this photo of Queen right now and being like, okay, these guys are in another league from me. They're doing things way harder and way better than I've done. So, like, that's all the criticism I need to know that I can take this further. I can make it better. And, I, you know, I won't stop. I won't stop, period. But I won't really start feeling, you know, you're, you're part of the A-list until you're creating stuff that's on that or of that caliber. It's like... Setting yeah. yourself personal competition goals. I think I do a lot of that. Yeah. Well, and it's but just the, uh, cool that you pull inspiration from. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't even know Queen these days. I mean, they might know like Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, right. Or, you know, but they don't. Uh, yeah, the, the people will know the classics, but maybe not some yeah. of the lesser well known stuff. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just cool that you draw inspiration from them. And sorry, I, I did want to, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm always taking it to a completely different place, but please um, do, please, let's go. <laughs> no, um, I, I, another question I had is, uh, so how did your relationship with Bolin Records begin? And, it, you know, is there any background that you can give us about the record label? Uh, you know, any like shout outs yeah. or I, I'm just kind of curious about them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could tell a really long story, but I'm going to try to not. Um, I met Caleb through a friend. Caleb is the, is the head of Bowling Records. Oh, I met him through a friend who kind of gave me a shot at getting into the music industry because I was really down and out. I had just gotten divorced and I really lost myself for a while. And to the point where I, I really didn't know how to, yeah, I mean, it was for the, for the best. I was, I was not healthy, mentally healthy and. I mean, I can elaborate more on that later, but um, I, um, I, my friend knew that I was trying to get back on my feet and, you know, I had started like opening my laptop and like programming little things. And then side note, I ended up joining a songwriters group in LA, which really helped me remember like, oh, I've actually created some really 
good music and I think I could do that again. Oh, but that's cool. um, my friend, his name was Johnny, and he hooked me up with Caleb, who is the manager for a group called He Is We. Oh, no way. I, I love that band. Yeah. I mean, they're, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've listened to them before. Yeah. He Is We is really uh, the project. Her name is uh, Rachel Taylor. It's really her project, her songs. Um, and she's been doing this project since she was like 16 or something like that. And she got, she got wow. really recognized, I think when she was really young Early and start, did a collaboration yeah. with Owl City that has like millions of plays on oh, Spotify. Wow. I think that's the one yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that's a, that's got a lot of numbers on it, but uh, Johnny hooked me up with Caleb and Caleb asked if I was interested in tour managing a two week tour for he is we. And I just said, yes, I was like, you know what, anything to get me into the venues, get me around music, just help me remember who I am and why I love being behind the scenes when it comes to being in venues. I love the hustle and the, you know, the energy I would much, I don't really go to shows that much, but I love being there when I have a job to do, you know, whether it's mixing audio or in this case, tour managing. So we did this two week tour, which is a whole own story to itself with many, many interesting things to talk about. But <laughs> by the end of that tour, I, you know, we, we all got home relatively unscathed. Um, Rachel and I both got the flu after just cause we were so, our immune systems were just like that can be maxed rough. out, just trying to survive this tour. Right. Um, rough on your body. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, rough in the body and the mind and the emotions and everything. It was it was quite an experience. But, you know, the difficulty of the experience actually ended up working out in my benefit because I developed a really good relationship with Caleb and he really appreciated the work that I did, you know, and, and that was so affirming just to be like, man, I was given a shot and I did a really good job at it. It gets my my foot in the door. You know, I'm I'm working with musical music professionals now and this is definitely a step in the right direction for me yeah and you know a long time went by and we didn't talk and then i think i played a little acoustic like youtube tv spot with her when she came to la and then i went to ohio last year and i actually did all the tracking for instruments on uh, her latest album which was a huge honor and really cool to get flown out and you know play all the instruments there was some collaboration and a little bit of instrument switching when it came to some of the percussion and things like that and like we would record drum samples and then program them in but i did all the guitar work um you know the keyboard wow. parts I, I essentially took arrangements that rachel had from songs that she had recorded over the last 15 years or so that she had demos of yeah. and she explained what she wanted those songs to be like and i was i had so much fun helping to create that. So that was another point where I got to kind of interface with Caleb. And then fast forward to this past summer and I had the opportunity, my dad just had been kind of watching my, my journey. I have a lot to say about like my own mental health and just about mental health in general. I'm bipolar and, oh, yeah. um, you know, had a really hard time managing that for a long time. It's been a number of years now in the process of kind of getting stable. Um, but I bring that up because I really made an effort to start to have a healthier lifestyle to really focus on managing my bipolar to the point where I wasn't, you know, uh, an alcoholic anymore. And I wasn't going out and partying and doing like spending tons of money and stuff. So my dad 
yeah. really was like, you know what, I think you've come a long way. You are much more responsible than you used to be. And I want to invest in you taking this to the next step. And I was kind of like, like, wow, like that came out of nowhere, but that's <laughs> awesome. a good dad. Yeah, yeah that's man. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like props to my dad. He's He's been, I mean, big he's, supporter. He's been behind, dude, huge support. I would not be where I am without him, like in on a lot of different levels. But That's he so cool. told me he was willing to make an investment in me pursuing my music career. And so I called a couple friends that were in the industry, Johnny being one of them, the guy who connected me with Caleb. And I said, hey, you know, if you had this opportunity and had the funds, what would you do? And I called Caleb and asked him the same thing. We had a, like a two hour long conversation. And by the end of it, he goes, oh, do you know I started a record label? I was like, no, dude, congrats that's super cool like right on yeah. and then he said well you know we've we've heard your music and you know maybe you'd be interested in working with us and i was like let me think about it but yes uh <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna sleep on it you know think about it for a bit try to make sure i'm not just like jumping into super it. excited at yeah. the first opportunity that comes along but it worked out and it continues to work out because of the relationship that Caleb and I had built was uh, very strong. He trusted me, you know, with the responsibility of taking care of his artists and um, had just a lot of respect for me, which I appreciated. And the fact that he then was willing to take it to the next level and say, well, hey, why don't we focus on your music really blew me away. I just, I wasn't calling him to ask for that or, or aware of any of that. I just knew he's, he's a seasoned, He's a veteran of the of the music industry. He's managed and tour managed and done all kinds of stuff for a long, long time. Yeah. So that was that was how it happened. Honestly, it was kind of a surprise at the end of a, a phone call. And over the course of the next, I think, four months or so, we kind of just spitballed ideas. And I think I immediately started writing music. And I actually wrote Stardust first. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and I tracked it slightly differently than the way that I usually track stuff. I mean, a little bit of, like behind the scenes. I I usually double everything that I record, um, especially when it comes to guitars. Like I'll, I'll record it and then put it in the left ear and then record it again as close to exactly the same as I did and put it in the right ear. And that gives you this nice wide stereo guitar sound with this really clean path down the middle of the um, like the panning to put the vocals and the kick drum and the snare and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. um, Interesting. for I like Stardust, that. I didn't I didn't really do that. I just kind of it was just sort of a plug and play thing. That song came together really fast. And so I was really relieved to hear that people felt the production quality was really good on that one because I did do something that I don't normally do because it kind of feels like cutting corners to me. I feel like I know, quote, the right way for me to do stuff is to double track things and stack vocals so that they sound big and wide. And so, yeah, and, and then I followed my standard process for Jawbreaker, which is to double track and, and do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh but yeah they kind of came out in opposite order they just liked jawbreaker better they liked where it was going it was much more like hard out of the gate and um it's been really really cool what bolin has been able to do with these tracks you know introduced me to you guys and getting to do some of my first podcasts and interviews that i've ever done despite making music since i was you know 13. and it's getting to talk about like my music in particular which is so so cool 
Yeah, that, you, that's it's a nice feeling. So, yeah. So cool. Yeah. And I just want you guys to know how much I appreciate this interview. It's just so cool and so fun to get to like have a voice and be heard and it motivates me to continue to create. So thank you. Oh, absolutely, um, man. Thank you for being on the show. Like seriously, sincerely. We 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 love this kind of stuff and I feel like I I don't know to hear well, I guess as far as Bolin Records we've just been blown away by how nice everyone is, including yourself. Like Kai has been amazing to, to work with and communicate with. And it's just been such a good experience. And I feel like we really lucked out with you guys. So I appreciate that. Kai is a machine. Like, like she just, she's such a hard worker and, and is also very personable. You know, we'll just call or text just to check in and see how things are going you know she's always like she I means she's like cold calling people and just hitting people up through whatever information she can find sending my songs out and um you know with jawbreaker it was so cool because I, I i came out of the gate with that one and we just were all i mean i didn't have like a meter to go off of, but they told me you know what this doesn't usually happen that we get this many placements like that song is in 1500 Kroger grocery stores. It made it onto <laughs> like 7,000 Live Nation playlists. It's it's in Krispy Kreme. <laughs> That's so cool, man. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. So I, you know, the, the work that I've been able to do with them, we're just, it's taking everything that I've been doing and really pushing me to take it to the next level and not, um, you know, I told people when this first started happening, I said, this is my shot and I'm going to shoot it and I'm not going to miss. Like there's no, there's no, it, it's not go big or go. I'm home. not going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I just very confidently said, I am not going to mess this up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this right. And this is what I'm going to do for my career for the rest of my life. So yeah, that's my backstory with, with uh, Bolin and kind of the way things have gone since then to now. And, I'm continuing to create content and it's a little flexible right now as to whether I'll be releasing singles or albums or an EP, but, um, I'm kind of focused right now actually on getting my band together. Like Olin is, you know, they're based out of Atlanta and I did go visit them for, to sign the contract, which was really cool to get to like see Kai meet her face to face and really sit with them. And it just felt really real in that moment, you know, flying out there and, um, Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a moment that I felt like I'd been waiting for for a long time, and it wasn't grandiose. It wasn't kind of some huge thing. We met at a Chili's, and they brought some copies of the the contract and took some photos of me signing it. And it was like the the, the cool thing about the label, or one of the cool things about the label, is is it is full of really positive energy. People who really care. I know Caleb doesn't really want to mess around with too many people that he doesn't know personally or doesn't know that they have a good track record, like very picky about the kind of people that he wants to support and, and work with. So once you know, uh, I, I have a good reputation. Yeah. So I recognize the same qualities in them and I, and I appreciate them so much for being so personable and for trying to, you know, check in every week and say, Hey, you know, what are you working on? What's your game plan? But so I've got them in, uh, in Atlanta and then I have you know my network that I built here in LA with some studios a lot of great musicians and then you know a handful of performances uh you know when I was playing with Gold Shimmer um just to sort of it was nice to brush up on my stage skills and just be on 
on stage performing and stuff again. Um, but I think I've only performed my stuff like once or twice in the last three years. It's just been all studio work. Well, but I've got this team of guys. I'm, what's that? Oh, sorry. I, I just uh, was saying with the climate, you know, with, with COVID and everything, I'm sure that mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of difficult to get out there live. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's all good. It's all good. I just, yeah, I mean, when COVID hit, I just kept making sure my, my contacts were very minimal. It was like, you know, I knew a studio owner. And so I had the opportunity to be involved in the, the beginning of that studio, which is great because now I have this connection with him and with, with the studio that, you know, allows me to get drums recorded and things that I can't do at my warehouse, which is where I do all my pre-production, which is where I'm actually sitting right now. Um, oh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I'm putting my band together, I guess is the long and short of it. And yeah. I think that that's the logical next step for me. I've been writing and tracking and recording for like seven months now, just in this warehouse. And I need guys here that I can see face to face that support the project, but that are also invested in actually playing instruments in the band. And I think that I need that at this point to help prevent some of the burnout we were talking about and to just give me like a fresh perspective on it and, and make it feel a little more real oh, yeah, yeah, between yeah, rehearsing it and just hearing it, you know, come out of hearing the music that you made, but in a live setting, it's, it's an incredible feeling, but then to actually take it out to a venue and see people engaging with the music. And that's something that I am dying to do, you know, with what I've made over the last couple years. And, it feels appropriate right now to be just kind of sitting on all this material, but starting to focus on what's going to be the boots on the ground effort and who's going to be a part of it. So, yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's cool that, I mean, I guess you're, you're taking steps like in, and Mm -hmm. uh, to, to prevent that burnout and, and get some other people in your, uh, in your camp. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's, I I feel like that's something everyone, all musicians kind of need to do. Um, yeah, you know, you can need your team. Yeah. Like, like you can do things by yourself and, and do the DIY thing. But I, I mean, eventually everyone needs a little help. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you get other people from different, different influences and genres and you're able to create mm-hmm. something, you know, more, more grand. I mean, like I myself, I'm a musician, a guitarist, but without my, my bandmates, some of the greatest stuff that I've feel like I've ever written a lot of it uh, also came from inspiration from some of my bandmates too and Mm -hmm. their input as well yeah are you like the or one of the primary writers for your group or do you guys write as a collective or what's your process like uh well we haven't been been together since before covid we've been trying to get back together the last couple months but we haven't been able to get everybody um Mm -hmm. and but our our album is almost finished we just have a few more finishing touches that we need to put on before we're we'll get it out there. But um, I would say when it came to our first EP, I was a, a major writer on that one. I had a little bit of something on every song, but um, our current album, our bassist really stepped up and he had a lot of material and he definitely dominates on the, the main album. So I definitely hmm. say it just depends on you know, who's feeling inspired and who's got stuff to bring to the table. That's cool. Uh, can you remind me the name of your band so I can? Oh yeah, so I'm a part of a band called Blix Ten. It's B L I X one zero Blix Ten. Yeah, and I I believe Nick uh, the the song It Hurts. Didn't you uh, write and compose that one for the most yeah, part? Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote all the the music and lyrics for that. And it's a then, great one to check out. And everything else, you know, I had a lot Blix of collaboration 10. from my bandmates. 
What was the title of that song? Blix. So um, Blix 10, B-L-I-X-1-0, the song It yeah. Hurts from our EP album. Um, it Hurts. Okay. Okay, perfect. I think yeah, I from And So It video. Begins. And So It Begins. Yeah, def- definitely a good one. I, I feel like Nick's lyrics on that song are, are really cool, really deep. I, oh, I, that's cool. Yeah. So you're a lyricist too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I play guitar and I, I wrote all the lyrics for, for that song too. But yeah, I, I was just in a very inspired time of my life and you know, I don't know I don't, it just all came to me and it was a, a riff you know the beginning riff was a something I've had for years and I just feel like you know what I want to turn this into a song and I just sat down mm-hmm. and maybe about over a course of a month month and a half you know that that song kind of mm-hmm. came to fruition and my bandmates helped and kind of you know spice it up a little bit with vocals and thing, things like that and and uh, uh, yeah. other you know because you know, I, I don't play drums or anything like that so you know drums and mm-hmm other parts like that they they helped with that as well and it that's came awesome. to what it is that's awesome yeah we touched on lyrics earlier but i really have a huge respect for people who have a lyrical vision or or find a really honest or profound way to communicate with words what it is that you're feeling at the moment whether it's a topical song or whether it's about how it felt to go through a certain experience or, you know, an observational song on what's going on in the world or whatever. I think that that's really one place where a good band can become a great band. Yeah. Not that like, and I love instrumental music too. And I don't get me wrong. I'm like, like I said about Michael Jackson earlier, like it doesn't necessarily manage matter so much what you're singing about as long as you sell it. But yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I just have a huge pre- appreciation for good lyricists. So I wouldn't say really I'm an cool. amazing lyricist, but every now and then I'll feel inspired and I'll, I'll write it down. And, and um, the, the song that we just told about, It Hurts, I definitely feel it's one of my most vulnerable lyrics mm-hmm. I, I've ever written. And a part of me was actually kind of apprehensive to, to make it be part of the song. But I'm like, you know what? You know, the inspirations I got for this song were from a lot of my favorite artists and a lot of and one of the, my favorite songs by those artists, and a lot of them are, are very deep down personal um, songs, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, difficult things that they've gone through their life. And it's kind of a combination of all those songs and, you know, personal experiences that I've gone in and part of my, my you know, spiritual, political, and personal beliefs all kind of mm-hmm. just mixed into one. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I'm stoked to listen to these after we're, uh, after we're finished here. And, and sorry, Nick, I feel like I've been hogging the show here in the questions. And, and we do have a few more for you if, if you have time, JJ. And I got the time, yeah. Awesome. And, yeah, just let us know if we're running too long. I realize it's been about an hour and a half. So, But, uh, it, yeah, do you want to take it away, Nick? Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're good, man. Uh, but, no, I don't have anything up really about I, – I definitely get what you were talking about earlier, though, you know, where you appreciate – people who bring you know lyrics or music and all that stuff because you know sometimes you know you know that burnout that we're talking about i have felt that for the last past couple of years during covid i think during covid mm-hmm. is where i felt the least inspired i've ever been in you know, mm. my musical experience throughout life and i've always felt like i've been able to come up with risks come up with lyrics but these last couple of years i feel like i've mm-hmm. I, i'm experiencing that burnout right now yeah like the wind gets taken out of your sails unexpectedly and you know whatever track you were on suddenly it takes a huge left turn and now you're like okay now what do i do like (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing i can do about my situation how am i going to react to it you know 
Yeah, lyric, good, writing good lyrics, I feel like that was something, I felt like that was kind of one of my greatest weaknesses as a creator. I, I feel like, and that reflects the way that I create music now where I, I do make my music first and then the lyrics come after. But I felt like I had to work really, really, really hard to learn to write lyrics that that I could say what I mean and mean what I say, you know, and feel like I was doing it in a way that was understandable um, and cohesive rather than it being really long format songs with all these all these verses and too many metaphors and trying to be smart and opening my thesaurus and all that. Something genuine learning, and honest. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, it, what I was creating was genuine and honest, but I didn't feel like it was the caliber of lyricism that I wanted. You know, it, it was the same thing with music and I had to work really, really hard for that. So I think that's one of the reasons why I have so much respect for people who are lyricists is because I consider that one of, if not the hardest part of the whole process of making a song you know from a great piece of music into a great piece of music that some people can connect to verbally you can move people very powerfully with instrumental music but when you come forward and add the words and say the words to it it creates so much less confusion about what a person should be understanding from your work you know what message you're really trying to convey and uh, that, that's something that I am really proud of regarding Stardust. I really felt like I gave myself permission to, to go there and write something that was very creative, but also understandable and relatable, even though the whole thing is kind of a metaphor and, you know, no, yeah, goes I from. definitely feel that in the song. I, I mean, like I said, I, I really enjoyed the lyrics on that song and they really stood out to me. Um, Thank you. Yeah, very uh, like vulnerable even, yeah. 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 I mean, the idea behind that is a story where you go from being formless to literally being born and then not having any idea like, okay, wait, where the hell was I before I was born? I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then experiencing through the course of your life, the wonders and the terrors of the world and, you know, that we all have to go through in experiencing the human condition. We, we absorb our experiences and and all these things and they they help define who we are and then the ending chorus is changed the lyrics from i am human to we are human in an effort to make that connection and say you know what in spite of all of this i think the feeling all of the good and all the bad i think the feeling that i'm left with is hopefulness for what we can accomplish as a people and the things that we set our minds to do, we can do them. Like it's, we should never underestimate ourselves as far as our capabilities. And you know, there's that little line at the end that says, and I don't doubt for a second that we can save the wreckage. That's kind of on the nose of like, yeah, our planet's pretty much falling apart and may not be habitable in like 60 years, but I don't think it's too late to turn it around. <laughs> yeah. So mm -hmm. like yeah. that's, you know, that's Very the hopeful. story is, is coming into life, living through it, and then kind of deciding, okay, now what are we going to do now that we're here? Because we're all here. We're all connected. We're all you in know, it we, together. We are all in it together. And I, I really am a very firm believer in that. I'm, I'm a believer in genuine connections, finding common ground between yourself and people who are different than you. I'm not always the best at that because I get 
social anxiety unless we start talking about music and then i'm like oh yeah let's go yeah. I get, you, you get me like this all makes sense and or you mm -hmm. know creatives in general artists and, I understand that and, feeling and, and the like but um yeah so i i think i got sidetracked talking about that oh you're good but, um, um so josh uh i've i've been meaning to ask you are there any upcoming projects that you would like to tell us about i feel like we focused a lot on the past and the present but what yeah. does the future bring for you well my contract with Bolin is really flexible, which I appreciate. I did deliver two singles and I'm signed on to do a four track EP, but we've talked about that being sort of, we'll tackle that when we get to it. So yeah. I've been cataloging music, working on stuff for the last six, seven months. And I have a lot of great material that will, there's some songs that are definitely like, okay, this belongs on an album. You can't release this seven minute long ballad as a single. It's just not going to fly. Um, <laughs> so I've got, I mean, I've got at least a half dozen songs that are like pretty much ready to go into final tracking and have me start ironing out the lyrics for them. But I'll either be releasing a single sometime maybe in August or September or if things start to go well with the band and I kind of get over this burnout and, you know, find my stride again, um, I'd really like to see myself releasing at least an EP instead of just a single, if not taking even a little more time to do a full length album. Yeah. I just have learned and grown so much as a songwriter and as a producer. And I, I would love to have the self-titled definitive JJ Braves album because I get the opportunity with that to show a lot more of my influences and show more diversity as a songwriter and as a lyricist and get people used to the idea that for me this is a project that's intended to have infinite creative latitude is the phrase that I use I don't know if that makes sense but like there's no there's no direction that I can't go with this project yeah, um, I don't I don't ever want to feel like, hey, I can't write this style of song because it's not consistent with what I've done. And I feel like doing a full length record would really help me establish, oh, wow, he could, you know, follow this song into like a whole whole new set of songs or an album, you know, or do do a do a album that's like got a bunch of ballads on it or do an album that's mostly upbeat or whatever. So that's what I'm hoping um, will happen. At the very least, I'll be releasing a single, you know, before the end of the summer. And just depending on how things go, I'd like it to, to become more than that to, you know, turn into an EP or full length. But uh, yeah, that's uh, like I said, I have all this, all this stuff written and it's just kind of waiting on another little kickstart creative spark to get these songs done, uh, mixed and mastered and start putting the record together. And it's going to be so fun to try to figure out, you know, what order these songs should go in. And, you know, if I'm going to ease people into the song, that's a lot more like metal sounding. I, you know, I don't want to come out of this like really sweet synth ballad. I got to try to find a middle ground to put between that and that. And I, uh, I'm really looking forward to that process. That's going to be really cool. I think. And and then getting to go play shows too. I mean, like venues are opening up and people are hungry for, for music. And uh, I'd really like to get out on the road. Honestly, the, the, the song I've been working on lately, the the hook lyric is get me the hell out of Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I like I it. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> That's and, great. You know, I, I don't live in the city, but I've lived near, you know, LA and the Hollywood stuff for a long, long time and gotten to 
see the scene and be a part of it a little bit, but it's really, I, I'm not built for the Hollywood hustle. I just feel really like it's, it's just not really for me. So I know it's my backyard. I know I'm gonna have to go play there, but what I really am looking forward to, and this is sort of the mid to long term, is being able to get to do some extended tours where I get to go across the country, go into smaller cities where, you know, maybe there's like one main venue that everybody comes out to on Friday night and be able to come out with a great band, with great songs, create an experience instead of just singing a bunch of songs and really leave people being like, what the hell did I just experience? Like, that was so sick. And mm -hmm. then being able to go to like the merch table, whatever, and make these connections with people. That's, that's, I, I can't wait for, for that stage of this whole project because I really do want to connect with people. You know, I want, like, if I meet somebody at a show, I want them to DM me so that we can talk about whatever we want. I can get to know them. I don't know if that comes from kind of my church days of really like getting to know, know people on a really deep level and talk about, you know, really profound stuff or whatever. But I like knowing people's struggles. I like being able to encourage them both through my music and just in, in person or in a more personable way. And that helps drive me forward for sure. I, I don't think that I'd be satisfied at this point with remaining just a studio musician because there's too many people that I just want to go meet and go provide them an experience and then and then get them to get to know them for real. I, yeah. Well, we're, we're definitely excited to see like what comes of all this talent and all this stuff that you're creating. Um, I, yeah. I, and I don't know, maybe come down to Utah. There's plenty of people that I think would uh, really appreciate your music here. So, you know, it's funny. Do you know Kilby court? Yeah. Yeah. I've and, actually uh, performed there once. Oh, have you? Yeah, uh, so we came through there on that tour manage that I did for He Is We. And, oh, really? Uh, okay. We did, yeah, we did two sold-out nights in Kilby Court. She has a huge fan base in Salt Lake City, and I don't know why. Like, she, <laughs> she just does. And uh, that place was so cool. I'll never forget the experience of, like, how they opened up the garage doors and everybody spills out in the courtyard. And, you yeah, know, there's that it's, stage it's a very corner, intimate but, setting for sure, yeah. Yeah, it is, but somehow you can still pack, like, what, a hundred... 150 people in there so yeah yeah like that like shoulder to shoulder you know so but yeah I, I mean dude i would love to come to to play there play in utah um, you know i'm i grew up in the midwest in uh, minnesota and so i kind of have a soft spot for all of those midwestern states yeah. um that i really want to go out and just yeah, uh, i just really want to meet more people and, and connect to people through music and you know growing up i had a felt like I had a really hard time making friends because I was, you know, bipolar, but I didn't know it just socially really struggled. And then I think as I grew into a better and better musician, I started feeling like, Hey, if I really want to have these connections with people, like this is how I'm going to do it. It's going to be through music. It's going to be through art. And, you know, that's something that I think I latched onto at a really early age is like, Hey, I, I want to be heard, but I'm not just going to walk into a room and beg for attention. I'm going to try to, create something that people are going to legitimately enjoy and be able to see inside me, I guess, or feel what I'm feeling or have that conversation with me in a way that I feel I can, uh, I can have that conversation more effectively, I guess, or make that connection more deeply than I think I'd be able to do just on a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a stranger. I'm not super good at that. <laughs> 
Well, it, it's funny. Uh, like, I've always found it interesting that uh, it seems like people with bipolar are the most creative people out there. Like, there's there's so many people uh, with bipolar or, or other, you know, so so-called mental illnesses or whatever that are just so creative and and so many people mm. relate to like it's mm-hmm. uh it's it's just very interesting to me yeah yeah it's I, I mean i i totally know what you're talking about i have a friend who is schizophrenic and he just is the stuff he comes up with it's just unbelievable the way his brain works like he's traded some of his journals to me on a couple occasions and just gotten to like, cause he just wants to be heard, you know? So he gave me his journals and I got to read through them all. And I was just like, I was blown away because I have my own and I do for myself. I, I have come to terms with it being a mental illness, you know, and I'm, I'm that actually helps me get through it. Like it helps me mm-hmm. categorize, okay, this is what's going on. Yeah. But, you know, for him, it's just like, wow, that's a whole new, a whole new element of the way that, the mind can work and creativity can manifest, but he had, he, his experience with all of that is very different from mine. My partner on the other hand, Joey, she is also bipolar and I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. I don't think she would. And we get along really, really well. Like it could have been a total dumpster fire of, you know, between us meeting and just having some kind of explosive bipolar relationship. But, you know, we're both managing it. We're both creative. She's a musician as well. And, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying. Like I, it, it, it it's, I think. Well, I, I just think that you... there's this stigma of like, you know, I, it, you hear about people with bipolar and maybe how they are hard to, hard to live with or hard, you know, but, but there's so many amazing artists out there. Like even, you know, Kanye West, he can be a little eccentric, mm-hmm. but I, you can't deny that he's made some incredible music. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, it's just fascinating to me. And, and maybe I feel like um, people with bipolar don't always get the, pe- people don't talk about the positive aspects as much as they maybe talk about what are some of the negative mm-hmm. aspects that sometimes pop up mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. And I it's easy to yeah, get I think. That. Oh, go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, it's it's easy to you know to fall into that that mindset. You know, people with you know who struggle with you know me- mental illness that there's only you know negative parts of, but but there's also can be different parts that we can learn and understand about other people. I mean, it's a fairly mm-hmm. you know unexplored frontier. I mean, mental illness is mm-hmm. very very new, and there's there's not a lot known about all these different mental illnesses that they're out out here today. Mm-hmm. And I definitely agree with Ryan. You know, I definitely think there are a lot of artists out there that are influenced by whether it's bipolar or schizophrenia or, or some other kind of mental illness where just music is that outlet that allows them mm-hmm. to feel normal, to, to feel human, that they're not necessarily mm-hmm. different from the rest of us. They just, you know, they experience life in a different way than, than mm-hmm. anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know. I think at the height of like my my out of control bipolar experiences, I was I was making cool stuff, and I felt like I was being very creative. I just felt really like connected to the universe, kind of. But it ended up really damaging my relationships, and eventually really damaging me mentally, um, to the point where I got, you know, I realized that hey 
if this stuff continues to happen, it's, it's only going to get worse as I get older. And I have crashed and burned too many times to not address this issue and to try to at least get some treatment and get some help because ultimately I knew that if I didn't do that, it was going to impede my progress on doing what I really wanted to do with the rest of my life, which is create and perform music. So that ended up being a primary motivator for me to get help. And I'm so thankful that there's help out there and that our understanding of mental illness has come so far, even in the last 30, 30 years or so, the medications and the, the doctors who have you know, dedicated their lives to understanding specific mental illnesses, it's just come a long way. So I'm really thankful to live in an age where treatment is effective and bipolar is actually very very treatable you just have to keep a really close eye on yourself you have to monitor your moods very closely it's a daily full-time full-time thing but yeah i mean being bipolar and being a creative it's like you kind of hope that in that process of getting treatment or getting help you don't lose that spark that creative uh mania um, that you still feel like yourself and in my experience i've felt like I feel more like myself now than I ever did before because I'm not having these episodes that make me feel out of control or, you know, I self-sabotage a really good thing. Um, yeah. I, it's, uh, it was a very, very real, very real for me for a very long time and, and, you know, kind of accepting my diagnosis helped me understand why I did the things that I did, you know, why I started so many bands and shut them down, why I had relationships that ultimately became volatile due to, in hindsight, me being really messed up in the head. So I, I, I don't know, I would encourage anybody that's, that's listening that there are people who get it, there are people who want to help, and um, however you decide to pursue your mental health, because people do it in a lot of different ways, just don't give up be okay with acknowledging that there's something different about you different something different about the way your brain works and that's okay it's not your fault and you know that we can do this together I, I wouldn't be where i am without the help of a lot of people my, my dad my doctors the the friends that i've made but uh it is it is very possible to rein that in I guess that's the phrase I'll use for myself, rein that in and actually discover how much more you're capable of when you have that stability of mind to be able to take on big projects and not have like a week of manic blowout where you do all this stuff and then you're depressed for like four months and don't do anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's just, that's not something that I can afford to do any anymore with my, you know, dreams and my career trajectory. I need to... I need to have a way to be, I need to be involved in my own mental health in a really serious way. Otherwise I, I could ruin my own chances, you know, and I've just decided that that's not an option for me. So whatever I have to give up as far as partying and like being out and I, I don't know if this makes sense, but. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I definitely, I love your message that you're trying to convey to, to our listeners out there by saying, you know, Hey, if you're you know, struggling with this, you know, reach out to people. You know, people mm -hmm. you know, want to help you. You do have loved ones who want to understand, even if they don't, can't experience it you know, the way that you are. There's still ways to, to manage it and get it under control. And mm -hmm. sometimes music can be that outlet that helps you to mm -hmm. get it under control. Like um, one of my favorite artists from 
you know, listening to my parents' music, uh, my, both my mom and my dad love Billy Joel, and he struggles with bipolar mm-hmm. as well. And one of my okay. favorite songs that he ever wrote was called I Go to Extremes, which is a song that he wrote after um, he divorced, he and his wife got divorced because he had bipolar. And it's all about him, you know, saying, I don't know why I go to extremes. I just do, but I'm sorry, you know, that, you know, that this happened. And, uh, mm-hmm. all that. He's just okay. explaining, you know, his, his thought process and what he experienced, you know, with, with what he's going through. So mm. I so. actually pulled up the lyrics here while you're, we're talking about that, but I'm I'm gonna dive into this song after we uh, after we're done here. I, that sounds like a really interesting read. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very um, it's a fun tune, but it's a it's a heavy topic. Yeah, isn't it funny how like you can take a really heavy subject and then juxtapose it with like really positive or really like music that's full of an energy that makes you want to engage and actually makes the idea of these struggles seem more i guess palatable or like hey i can do something with these feelings yeah and create something really cool like it's not going to necessarily be like a weepy song about you know this is my struggle you can actually take it and turn it into a banger and now you know yeah people are are, go ahead oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean that's how that song is for me i i didn't i heard the song when i was very young i do didn't know what the lyrics meant. I just knew I loved the music and I loved banging out to it. It wasn't until I got a little bit older where I actually listened to the lyrics. It's like, whoa, this is, it's a serious topic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's basically just mm-hmm. a message to his ex-wife saying, I'm sorry and I don't know why mm-hmm. I go to extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think you have a very good and positive way of, of looking at that whole situation, Josh. And um, that's mm. that's the stuff we love to hear on the show and and how it relates mm. to music and how it can help people that way and so we've got just a couple more questions for you I think and one of them is kind of fun yeah. uh, do, do you have any quirks and, and what I mean by that is like certain artists you know like I, I'm a fan of Eminem and I heard years mm. ago that when he's traveling around, he puts tinfoil around all of the windows in his apartments uh, supposedly to help with like, paparazzi but but you know you just hear about weird quirky things that uh, artists do 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 you have anything like that nothing like I don't have necessarily any like rituals or or things that I do but I do have Tourette syndrome so that can be a little bit like quirky sometimes I guess that's kind of how it felt when I was younger oh Um, yeah I don't know it's just I guess that's kind of one little thing about me it's not like that bad anymore but it made me feel quirky, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's, that can be challenging and, and uh, it, yeah, like kind of quirky at times. Yeah, it, it really felt like that, but I don't know. Maybe I do have quirks, but I spend so much time by myself in the studio. I don't have anybody to tell me what they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Um, well, maybe just, when you get your, your, your band members, I'll, I'll go maybe – Maybe you'll discover yeah. them then, yeah. <laughs> they they can just tell me how weird I am, and then I'll just say, okay, I, I get it, I get it. Yeah. And then, That's um, an interesting question. Now you can have me thinking about that. Yeah. Watching, monitoring myself, like, was that weird? Oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've always kind of liked that one. It's just, yeah, kind of a fun one. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, I, I guess we'll kind of get to maybe some of the last ones here, uh, heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. I, I know you've kind of already maybe explained this a little bit, but 
what do you hope to accomplish with your music now, later, uh, you know? Well, the first two things that come to mind, like we did talk about earlier, is I really want to make connections with people. Um, yeah. I feel like that's maybe the most valuable thing that the most valuable thing for me as far as being an artist and uh, being a musician and a lyricist and all these things um, is that those it can be hard to make connections with people who feel misunderstood and I know that music is a way to break that barrier really effectively so I want to go meet and be with these people who are like me you know they're my tribe and then I want people to feel like they're part of the tribe as well you know they're, we're, we're out here doing doing life together yeah um, getting through it together but yeah and then the, the other thing honestly is 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 for me you know my mental health is very reflected by the content that i'm creating or whether or not i'm creating you know because if i'm not in that creative space i feel like i lose a lot of myself and don't really know what to do or i start to get resentful about things that i don't need to because i don't have that outlet so it's yeah. um it's really it's really important for me to enjoy the process and have that catharsis of getting to sit down and create a piece of music from a blank audio session well, yeah I, I think those are the, probably the two most important things to me is what i get out of it and then what that can do for others yeah and i was just gonna say i, I feel like that's what a lot of people want out of listening to music is to mm-hmm. feel that catharsis with uh mm-hmm. you know, share it with the artist and mm-hmm. yeah man i i think that's super cool and let's see oh, oh yeah i guess i just wanted to give you one last opportunity if if there's anyone you wanted to talk about shout out or, or kind of plug I, I just figured i'd you know if there's anyone that i uh, just kind of give you the mic and uh you know to tell people where they can find you if you want or you know if if you'd like yeah um i'm not i'm not i think i've probably mentioned the people that i would plug the most you know bowling records obviously i would follow closely i think it's bolin records official on instagram okay so they're just bolin records b-o-l-e-y-n records um, on instagram and i would highly recommend that you follow them interact with the posts Um, i mean they're up and coming label they're signing more artists um and i just you know like you mentioned earlier the the people that are involved with this label are just genuinely great great people so you can expect to have a really positive experience interacting with them you know if you're willing to go give them a follow or send a send a private message or something like that yeah absolutely oh yeah i want to definitely plug black and gold studios you can find them on instagram it's a uh, black n gold the letter n black oh, yeah. n gold dot studio on instagram um that's where i do i've done my vocal sessions there uh it's where i'll be doing drum recording most likely and then you know rehearsing my band uh so black and gold has played a humongous part in me getting where i am um has provided me with some incredible studio experiences and given me a great creative space it's just it's super super dope there so if you if you're in la or you need a studio to go to i highly recommend checking out black and gold again and just run by really really fantastic people as well um it's they've cultivated we've all cultivated a really positive atmosphere there wanting to be artist centered and um, really just about helping people achieve their vision 
there there's people who do podcasts out of there they come record there's a there's a photo studio there as well uh, we have a, a friend who's a really great uh, photographer cinematographer videographer that you know runs his business out of there or some of his business rather and then i guess the last person that i would really want to plug is my uh my my vocal producer and and mixed engineer adam and you can find him on instagram at yeah, yeah animal follow, on rampage just follow yeah. black and gold studio and, and sorry what yeah. was this guy's name animal his name is adam and his his handle is animal on rampage rampage yeah he's a sick drummer too but he's uh i have been i did a uh, jawbreaker and um stardust with him so he did the mix and master and recorded the vocals for me on both of those songs and i just he's done such a fantastic job that again anybody in la that is looking for you know somebody to help give give a hundred percent at an affordable rate definitely um hit up adam animal on rampage send him a message i know he would really appreciate the business and um yeah i guess i'll plug joey as well um she's on instagram at i am joey cook she just signed to Bolin, and I've been helping her with her music over the last couple years, just helping produce songs that, you know, were kind of piano songs to her, or little, littler, kind of more intimate. I shouldn't use the word little. They were, they were more intimate. They were just like piano or just one guitar. And then we took that and we added drums and we added electric guitars and we made them big. And um, it's been so fun to be a part of her her journey and her process and now that she's going to be releasing this new um single with a music video with Bolin, i am super super stoked for her and for them to be working together because um, i think she's just going to go really far she's very experienced in the industry and has an amazing vision for what she wants to do with her music so highly recommend following her as well because she's about to drop some bombs so <laughs> all right just followed her as well and yeah kai was telling me about her she sounds amazing she we, really she's a great person too yeah so we were, we were actually discussing maybe getting her on the show down the road at some point i, I don't know if yeah. what will come of that but anyway uh josh I, again many many sincere thanks to you to kai to all the other people involved with making this happen today to nick and joe here with me and yeah, this, it can't, uh, Joe, is it possible? Could we give Josh an applause? <laughs> she have a soundboard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on, right on. So, uh, you guys are awesome. But yeah. before we go, um, it, it, sorry, unless, you know, if, if there's anything else you... But, but uh, I, I wanted to just let you know if you would like to share some lyrics before we... You know, we go today. I don't know if you have any. I don't want to put you on the spot too much. No. Um, I mean, I went to some of the lyrics to start up. So I'm really, really proud of those. But, I mean, the one that I got right now is Give Me the Hell Out of Hollywood. <laughs> so, <laughs> it really right. reflects my current. Uh, I, I did a tour managing gig uh, last month and got to go to uh, Seattle and Portland. And it just set that fire in my belly again of like wow i really want to go to these other places i'm not i don't want to get involved in the hollywood grind where you're just trying to get noticed and there's so many people here trying to make it like i want to go out i want to i want to get in my car and go on the road so that's sort of the attitude and motivation behind that song and i think it reflects kind of where i'm at right now and uh where i hope to be in the near future <laughs> all right love well. it josh jj braves uh get me the hell out of hollywood 
Um, <laughs> it's been fantastic talking with you, man, and um, appreciate it so much. Likewise. And yeah, thanks for, for taking our call today. So, Thanks for two hours of your time, guys. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah we appreciate your time, too. Yeah, it's really good talking to you. All right, take care, man. All right, bye-bye. Bye.